You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the All About Real Estate edition. I am your host, Todd Schneck, joined by my friend and colleague, Carol Morgan. Uh, before we kick things off, though, we do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2021 show sponsor, now our 10th year on the air. It has been wonderful having them as our partner this year. All right, Carol Morgan, it's going to be a neat conversation, neat guy, cool company. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they're helping to change the skyline of Atlanta. And we're going to have the uh, opportunity today to talk about some of the different ways that buildings are being repurposed and transformed. So this is going to be a fun and insightful conversation. With that, I'd like to welcome Rob Halverson. He is the CEO of Portman Architects, and we're lucky to have him in studio with us today. Welcome to the show, Rob, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Carol. I appreciate it. So I'm actually from New York. I've been down here for 15 years. Prior to that, I was at Skidmore, Owings and Merrill in New York City. And then our daughter was born and then we moved down here and she's turning 15. That's how I know how long we've been here. I originally started as a designer here at Portman when it was JP&A, worked with Mr. Portman, and then moved into project management roles. And then I've been um, in the CEO role for the past two years. So it's been an interesting evolution as our firm is growing and changing and and evolving. So that's pretty much about me. Awesome. Well, you referenced Skidmore. I look out my window and I see several Skidmore structures here in downtown Chicago. So I uh, uh, can appreciate the, that, that fine work. Uh, but Portman Architects. So give us the overview of what uh, that organization is all about. So Portman Architects is, we call ourselves a, a collective because we're, we're transforming from obviously a sole proprietor from Mr. Portman to all of us um, working together, which actually is uh, quite a unique and I find it quite rewarding to find the right talent and have everybody working together. And It's not necessarily just one voice, but it's everyone working together to find the right balance and right solutions for our clients, which is not just Portman Holdings, which is our sister company, but every other developer that we're working with across the country and across the world because we also have our Shanghai office as well. I mean, we're based in Atlanta. But we, we do work all over the country. Talk a little bit about some of your recent projects. I know that you've had a hand in the um, adaptive reuse for Hotel Indigo. One of my favorite places to stay when I travel is always the various different Hotel Indigo hotels. So talk a little bit about the, uh, the process of that and the role that Portman Architects played. Sure. So that was an interesting project because it was the last one that I worked on with Mr. Portman. So how did that happen? It was the first office building that Mr. Corbin had designed back in 1965, and it was just an incredible deal. So at the time that it came up on the market, it was about 50% occupied, and you can't move tenants down, so we had to move tenants up. So we consolidated the building and converted, or we did the upper part, but we also converted the mechanical system and put a hotel in the lower part of the building. We also went through the whole process of historical tax credits and all that kind of stuff. So that was a first for me and understanding what that whole process involved. But what's great about it is that adaptive reuse is also in my brain kind of very similar to new construction in the design methodology of how we think. So we were constantly uncovering what the ideas are 
and what is it that that site or building or program wants to be so they're always unique. So you're still, when you're going into an existing structure, you have to understand it better than anything else before you can actually do anything with it. So for me and our office, when we're working on creating something new out of something old that makes it something new again, it really should look seamless and look as if it always belonged there instead of something that's additive or or just kind of thrown in there. That's kind of what we have to do. I hate that kind of discussion. So it really needs to be clean, seamless, and great. So that's what Hotel Indigo is all about. It does have a lot of unique uh, gems in there. So anyone that hasn't been there, I recommend you go over there and and check out Million Dollar Stair and and things like that. That's all glass. For those listening... There's some really unique stuff that you can do. No doubt about it. For those listening that may not be familiar with what the process of adaptive reuse is, can you kind of do a definition of what that really means? And it's different than just a, a standard renovation. Or yeah, an upgrade. Right. I mean, walk us through what the difference between adaptive reuse of a structure is versus just saying, oh, it's just updated. Let's modernize it. Let's, yeah. re- let's renovate it. So the difference is, is you're changing use. So you're not just putting wallpaper on the wall or, or new paint, although that's involved. Um, what you do need to do is understand the code changes from one use to another. So if you're going from a higher density occupancy, which would be like an office space, to a hotel or residences, which is typically what people like to do, your occupancy drops. And then there's different codes related to resi or say um, a hotel, which is more, it's more aligned with office because it's commercial use. So you just have to get into all of that and understand what your egress is first. Then once you get past that, you're going to be taking things away. So it's more reductive. So you're saying, okay, we don't need those bathrooms, you have to understand the structure. You have to understand what you can play with and what you can't. A lot of people will tell you, well, there was a phrase someone used the other day in a meeting. It was, if money can't solve the problem, then you have a real problem. <laughs> but the reality is, you really don't want to overspend or, or waste your client's money. So the what we've done very well over the, over the last 65 years, 70 years, is we know where to spend it. So we will happily go through the whole discussion with anybody that wants to have it relative to these are the things and the processes that we need to go to to understand how to get what you want in the building. Yes, we can, you know, yes, you can put a hotel below an office building, but which is what we did in Hotel Indigo. But do you realize that when you put a bathroom in, the vent stacks go up and the waste goes down. So it's, you've got to deal with everything else above and below you. So sometimes there's easier ways to put it differently in the building. Another example, we were looking at converting a building and we were looking at for different ways to site it. And we were saying, well, if you moved the building closer to the street versus creating this huge front step, you know, this front lawn, you're paying for all of the utilities to go underneath all of that. So it's really expensive to do that. We can do it all day long, but we're just advising you there are cost-effective ways to do it. So we have to evaluate all of that. We go back to our client and we say, this is what you asked for but this may be a better, smarter way in addition to that. So it, it's more work, but we enjoy it. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's worth it because you get to see that transformation and give the building new life. Um, you know, sometimes it's just not really appropriate to redo it as what it is at, you know, at the moment. It just doesn't still work. No, absolutely. And, and yeah. you know, as we all know, you know, cities change, buildings change. The, the kind of context doesn't really lend itself necessarily to what it may have been. Right, yeah. But what's interesting is that it's really nice to see you talk about having the building kind of come to life. We have 
some young folks here in the office that absolutely light up when they're on job sites. And you can tell that that's what they should have always done in their life. So it's kind of cool when you see the young people get behind the walls of something and, and kind of the discovery part and then they, they're learning. So that's kind of what's rewarding for me is the kind of the mentorship as well of, of having people learn and, and grow and all that kind of good stuff. So, well, the, what's exciting for me about the idea of adaptive reuse is, is we now have to look through everything with, through the lens of not wasting and, you know, with green buildings and, and we don't want to sit there and just, there, and there's heritage you want to protect. And there's, there's, a, there's a story behind this building and, and there are people that, are, that don't want to lose it because of its historical significance. And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, this notion of, of adaptive reuse kind of enables you and empowers you to, to take an older structure and do some neat stuff with it. Maintain its historical significance, but also adapt it. Maybe take advantage of the opportunity to make the building more energy efficient or what have you. So there's that affords those opportunities as well, I suspect, right? Absolutely. It depends upon the program as well. So if you've got, it, it depends upon your clients, your program, are there some distinguishing characteristics within those buildings, properties, services, whatever they happen to be that you can feature and represent it in a different way? So we don't necessarily go into any project saying, oh, we're just going to make it like what it was, or we're going to make a new building look like an old building. Or, you know, for me, there's there's kind of an ethical, architectural ethics <laughs> that's associated with new versus old. But at the same time, um, the ability to go in and make something look absolutely fantastic with a character, with a story, with a narrative, that's where we really enjoy doing that with our clients because it, it does elevate the property itself right. and, and its return to the to the community. So that's it, it has a place, it has a soul, it has a life. So we just want to give it that extra extra piece that it needs. Something to be said for telling the story versus just building a beautiful building with no story. Well that's right. I mean that's and that's what I always say is that's the difference between building and architecture. Yeah, absolutely. You, there's lots of buildings. There's not a lot of architecture out there. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit. I know you did a conversion at Banyan Street South Tower. Talk a little bit about that project. So Banyan Street South Tower, Banyan Street Properties is the client. South Tower is the location uh, within Peachtree Center, which is right next door to us. So Mr. Portman designed the original Peachtree Center over time. So it was a number of buildings of an evolution. It's really nice for us to be able to go back to some of the legacy projects and get into it. So what they're doing is they're they're working with us and we're working with them to transform downtown and make it, as Mr. Port would say, there, there, like it's a place. So uh, it reminds me of back when I was working in New York down on Wall Street, back then there wasn't any resi downtown. And you come out of your office at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, you can even get a cab because there was nobody there. They've since repurposed a lot of the office buildings in downtown Manhattan. And now it's a 24-hour cycle down there. Same thing as what we're doing here, um, or what's going to happen in downtown Atlanta, is that as the buildings are getting converted to residential and new residential is going up, um, it's going to turn it into a 24-hour place to be, which is then going to elevate all of the other businesses during the day. So I think there's going to be a huge revitalization of downtown Atlanta that no one knows about yet. Or maybe they do, but they're not really talking about it yet. Well, that's where I was going to go. 
New American Funding is committed to delivering home loans on time while providing five-star service. Their 14 business day close guarantee and fully underwritten pre-approval gives you an unbeatable one-two punch impossible for sellers to ignore. For more information on New American Funding, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Well, that's where I was going to go next. I mean, you mentioned New York and uh, mentioned the top of the show that I'm in Chicago. And so there's a lot of this going on and certainly mm -hmm. those two towns, but Atlanta has maturing enough or there's going to be a lot of projects along these lines. And so I'm curious as to your thoughts on, uh, there's a probably a tremendous amount of opportunity to do some really neat things with some older structures. And then I'm also curious, so two-part question, I'm also curious now that we're rethinking office space and office use as a result of this pandemic. And we're kind of, do we need as much space? And are we, you know, so what's, what's kind of re-examine how we're using existing structures? I mean, where's all this going? I see it as a really exciting opportunity about where it can go. What are your thoughts? Let's talk about office space first, and then we'll get into the other question you had asked. The future of office space is going to be doing two different things. One, I think we're going to, for new builds, we're going to be going into higher floor to fluorides, larger glass, um, outdoor space. So any kind of outdoor terraces, anywhere that people can get out and do different and work differently. Um, the, the days of offices, you know, in the fifties of everybody along the wall, closing a door with a secretary out front just is not, um, a culture anymore. People can work anywhere. They have laptops. They want to work from home. They want to work from cafes and things like that. So I think that it's probably going to be a hybrid model of not being in the office five days a week, but the same amount of office space. I also don't think that people are going to reduce down to nothing. I think how they use their layouts are going to be different, more kind of collaborative space, which means less offices, less population, but same square footage. So I don't think anyone's going to drop any traditional square footages, you know, or traditional, you know, 20 to 32,000 square feet floor plates for towers will stay that way because that's the most economical way to do it for your vertical transportation. That's not going to change. But I think how we use it will be flexible enough to densify when it needs to and not. So there's going to be, it's going to be a little bit more fungible than perhaps in the, in the past when it was fixed seating and, and that kind of stuff. You asked about adaptive reuse. Could you remind me of the question one more time? Yeah, no, I was just, see, Atlanta seems to be a market that's maturing oh. enough that we're going to start seeing a lot of projects along that line. Yeah, it's, well, there's, <laughs> well, it's funny because people ask me that aren't in our business and they say, you know, Atlanta's running out of real estate <laughs> or, you know, New York City. It's like, you can't build anymore. It's like all filled up. It's like, that's not how it works. And there are a lot of really exciting opportunities with existing buildings to do amazing stuff. I was thinking the other day because we were talking about adaptive reuse in the office and they said, what do you think your first adaptive reuse project was? And I said, Okay, I remember. So I was working on the New York Public Library on Fifth Avenue in New York. And we filled in the southern courtyard with new office space. But we had to connect it to everything else that was below, around, and everything else. And, um, you know, it was just one that you don't think about it as adaptive reuse, but it's how do you enhance an existing building and get more use out of it? Right. So there was a happy accident. 
True story. So we did, you know, these glass handrails on the inside and the inside of the courtyard was fully decorated, you know, it had all this decoration on it and stone and elaborate stuff. And we come in and put a glass bridge. We walk in the front doors that were glass and I looked up to the balcony and it reflected the ornate cased openings and everything on the inside of the stone in the new building. And I was like, you couldn't have planned that. No. <laughs> but it was, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're working on all of these projects, the discovery and the opportunities are kind of there. And sometimes they happen happy little accidents and other times it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you just look at the number of buildings in Atlanta and the old warehouses and the old factories and the old office buildings and office buildings that are at 50% capacity and all those right. different things. And they're all opportunities. Absolutely. You know, again, what's smart if I were a developer, which I'm not, <laughs> what I would do if I were a developer is, is come to someone like, like me or our office and we would sit down and say, okay, let's master plan the whole thing. Yeah. I'm um, not necessarily have to do it all. But let's look forward. Let's be forward-looking and say, okay, um, in the future, it could be this, 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 and this. And you can decide to do whichever one you wanted to do. And mm-hmm. what is the new mix? What is the new program? What is the new destination you're trying to create? And you can do a little time or, or however it works. But you really have to kind of think the big picture to be able to come back and say, you know, this is what's special about it. So, but you're right. There's an awful lot of space and opportunities. Mm-hmm. We want to say space, but there's a lot of opportunities for people that can think beyond what they're seeing. Right. Got to have that vision. Right. Well, I echo your amusement at when people say there's no space no, <laughs> no, to build. I look out my window right now and I'm counting one, two, three, four, five cranes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're still, things are, yep. things are still being built. Uh, there's none outside my window, Todd. Well, you're at a farm in the middle see of, some shrubs and horses. of God's country. Uh, I would be intrigued to know how you're going to do some adaptive reuse on, on your property. So, well, I've got some adaptive reuse planned for my property. I'm waiting for the sketches tomorrow. Ah, very so. cool. Mm-hmm. Well so, Rob, uh, what, yeah. what are some future projects that you're excited about that you, that you can share? Uh, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the hard part. <laughs> it's uh-huh. the can't that you can share. Yes. Well... I'll speak in generalities. We're looking at a really big project with JLL um, here in town, which is adaptive reuse, but it's got some new build associated with it. So it's mixed use, it's lower scale, because typically we do a lot of high-rise and large, large-scale projects. It's not a small project, but it's very exciting because it's got a lot of richness to it and building out in the community. We're also working with uh, currently our sister company, Corbin Holdings on a project in the North Fourth Ward, which was in the papers uh, recently. That's probably one of the smallest office projects we've done in a while, but it's different. You know, it's very unique. It's special. It's on the Beltline. Um, it creates, it, it's a very um, special site, and we're, we're very happy to be working with them on that. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. And we're working with other clients across the country on... Currently, we've got a project under construction at Salt Lake City, which is 700 Keys hospitality connected to the convention center um, in Salt Lake. So that'll be the brand new Hyatt. Yep, it's going to be a Hyatt in Salt Lake. So, so we do giant projects to, to little ones to adaptive reuse to what we're working on with Banyan Street Studio next to us. So, yeah, we're working with a lot of new clients, a lot of new places around the country, and uh, all of that super. Exciting all the 
the current and the future portfolio sounds pretty intriguing. A lot of different kinds of things, you know, and and I think you're going to start seeing, you know, when you describe that project, uh, kind of in the old fourth ward, uh, kind of off the off the trail. I mean, I think you're going to, or we're going to hear about a lot of those uh, over the next several next several years, and and because uh, uh, that's kind of where that's going. We've been doing this show for uh, approaching 11 years. And, uh, you know, like we, for the first five, we never talked about the West side and now right. it's all we talk about. Cause there's just so many amazing things happening there. So I mean, it's just hot is because it's the best side. Well, <laughs> true. Uh, but there's also just a lot of neat opportunity there, you know, so it's, it's going to be fun to watch it. The conversation we have around adaptive reuse for the next mm-hmm. five to 10 years is going to be really intriguing. So right. good, good stuff. Well, Rob, uh, gosh, there, we could talk for, I could talk to you for hours about architecture. Yeah, so, uh, But uh, unfortunately, we're running low on time. So before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you and learn more about mm-hmm. Portman Architects, where do they go? It's as easy as www.portmanarchitects.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn. You can just reach out and give me a call. Rob Halverson, CEO of Portman Architects. Rob, great pleasure to have you. Thanks again for making some time to join us. Thanks for having me, guys. Our pleasure. All right. Well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. It's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.